How's it going, everyone? Welcome along to the Making of Me podcast with me, Ashkar. I'm going to be your host today. And um, today we've got a really cool guest, actually someone who I've got like personal interest in. I follow along with his journey. And I'm just, I'm, this whole podcast was really meant to be about like curiosity and learning from people and what makes them. And this is someone who I'm really curious about because being a massive boxing fan, there are things that you sometimes look at and you just, you can't quite understand like how they've got to that place and how they compose themselves the way that they do. How do they get out of bed every single morning to like do the training that they do and the, the camps that they put themselves through. So for me, I'm looking forward to this one enormously. Um, James, you're looking forward to it as well? Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. I'm, glad I'm talking to a boxer, but there's no gloves involved as yeah, well. Yeah, that's, that's much better for me too. <laughs> um, so we're gonna be talking to Michael McKinson. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, I'm good. I've uh, been a little bit under the weather the last 24 hours. So if I start coughing, I apologise to all the what people watching and listening and stuff. Um, but other than that, I'm good. I'm, I've just been on holiday. I've rested up. It's been six, eight weeks or seven weeks since my last fight. Yeah. Um, so nice and rested, ready to go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ortiz fight, I mean, that was a great fight, wasn't it? How, how was that as an experience, like kind of doing the States second time in a row? Do you know what? Like this year, I've been very, very proud of what I've done and what I've accomplished. Although um, I didn't get the win I was hoping for in Texas last time out, I'm a Portsmouth lad who just fought for the world title eliminator. Mm. Um, it's, it, it's massive for the city. Um, in March, when I went to LA and fought, I was became the first guy from the city or from the surrounding areas professional boxer to fight in the States in history. So like, I'm very proud of what I've done this year. And when I went to LA, I got, took like 70 people over there. Like, like seven, like, I think there was 70 of us, or at least 60 that have actually flew over to support me. Like early on in my career, I didn't even have that to watch me come watch me fight in Portsmouth. Yeah, and then I'm back. You know? So like, like looking back, the Ortiz fight, I lost. Um, bitter pill to swallow at the time but there's been nothing but positive comments from it positives that I can take from it um you know he said I oh, was his toughest challenge I, I took him the furthest than anyone else um you know and I showed that I do belong at world level mm -hmm. you know like um the promoter really um, spoke to me afterwards and he said I didn't look at a place at world level you know so it's all positive comments from it um and I'm, I'm guessing it will open up a lot of doors going forward you know so yeah it's all good is that the biggest thing you took out of that feeling like you now belong in that company is that like the greatest lesson you've learned from that night <clears throat> yeah because you know what I, I fought a guy he was 18 wins 18 knockouts I was nine to one on the day underdog in the end I think um I had it all to do people were expecting me to go over there and get knocked out in two rounds, you know? And before the stoppage, I'll, I'll come to the stoppage in a minute, right? Make it a bit clearer for people. But before that, I wasn't in any trouble. I was taking his shots and I was still in the fight. Then round eight came and it wasn't a body shot. It so like he hit me and it right on the point of my hip bone, so my pelvic bone and all the ligaments just went. And if, you, if, if the people that watch the fight or plan on watching the fight, and now that's it, that's why I was limping and I couldn't stand up on my right leg. So 
that was towards the end of the eighth round. And I was just surviving then because I couldn't mm. throw any shots. Couldn't throw my right arm. Couldn't, because everything comes off the legs. Went back to the corner and my dad was prepared to pull me out there and then. And no shame in that. Like, I'd done really good up to that. But bef- like my mindset was, let me get through the fight. Because before that, I was in no no trouble. I was I was down on the cards, but I was in no trouble. And I could see the end of the fight. So I said, Dad, I said, Dad, just let me let me go out, take it round by round, and uh, let me get through the fight because I know I can. So he, he agreed. And round nine came, Ortiz ran straight at me and hit me with the same shot in the same place. And I was like defenseless. I got up, I was in so much pain. And um, the ref asked if I, I wanted to carry on. And, you know, I did want to carry on. There's like, there's no way I've got too much pride not to. And then it it was just basically surviving. And my dad made the right call. Uh, he's, he's a very good trainer, very good corner man. And threw the towel in. Uh, I was gutted. I was gutted. Um, couldn't really get out of it. I couldn't really walk for about three days afterwards. Mm. Well, I couldn't put no weight on it. Went into the change rooms. had a little cry in the shower. And... Um, then they came in and said, would you like to come out to do the uh, post-fight press conference? Or, and he said, you don't need to do it. Not not many people do, but the fact that I said yes and kept it together and went out to do the fight, post-fight press conference, I've earned so much respect. Um, you know, I, I'm good in the media. I speak very well. Uh, I've proven people to people that I, I'm a world-class fighter. Um, I've showed a lot of bravery. And I still had time for the people after the fight. So, you know, I left Texas in a far better position in terms of respect and credit than I ever could ask for. So, so yeah, it, I take every all the positives from that and to go forward. And don't get me wrong, I've, I've fought in America twice this year. No one ever, like a lot of people would dream to fight in America. So the experience that I've taken on this year is only going to benefit me and my career going forward. So, and I'm not an old guy. I'm 28. So, 28, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I just myself personally, I just see you as a massive grafter. Um, mm. As you say, like even in things like the media and stuff of like that, it's never short of like looking on YouTube and seeing you speaking to people. Yeah. Um, seeing all the stuff on Instagram, what you post about your training, and then obviously seeing you in the fights as well. Like you from a skill point of view, you're a master technician when it comes to the, the boxing side of things. Like you've got such an awkward style. Yeah. I don't really, I can't compare you to anyone really. I can't really think of anyone who boxes. You, like know, you know what, Ash, that, that, that's, that is completely right. I am um, a very awkward fighter and I'm very smart. But up till now, I was only ever known as he's awkward. He's a problem for anyone. And I set out, this was when I beat Chris Congo 18 months. He's awkward. Right, and I said to myself, and I said to people, I'm more than just awkward. Now people can see how smart I am. Yeah. People, people could also see I've got a big heart, a very big heart, and I've got a good chin. So, but to, to get in with Ortiz, like you say, with oh no. the underdog, with people, you know, bookmakers having you odds against her, not even make it through a couple of rounds against him. How did you create the right self-belief in your mind, walking into that room, standing opposite him and going, this is great. I'm, you know, not only the great to have the opportunity, but great because I know, I believe in my own strength and skill set, yeah. I can take you. You know what? I think 
as a youngster, I wasn't the most confident person. I was quite shy, anxious, and I remember being an amateur boxer and I wasn't, I was nerve, nervous as hell for every time I get, I still get nervous, but people don't see that. People see how confident I am. My confidence comes from my hard work, not just for the 10 weeks prior to the fight preparing, for the 20 years I've been in this sport, the, the childhood that I didn't have, you know, I didn't, like me and my brother, we didn't have the usual childhood going out with the friends and all stuff like that. And we've sacrificed a lot for a long time. And now, like, like I, I know how good I am. I really do know how good I am. So when I walk to the ring in, not just the ring walk, let's take it back a few days, all fight week, people were saying how relaxed and how confident I was. And that's down to my hard work and also a big, a big part of my success is I'm obsessed with proving people wrong. I've had to do it my whole life. I've, like, there's many stories I can tell you where I was back to lose and I've had to go out there and prove people wrong the hard way. That's how I got all the way to fight for a world total final eliminator, proving people wrong. Mm -hmm. like, out of um, the way and everyone was waiting for the way and stuff. I got out my seat over the barriers and was in the crowd getting pictures with people. I was the only fighter to do it, signing people's T-shirts, gloves, um, so I really like give a lot to the supporters that come out to watch and I thought right if I do that they're not going to boo me as hard the, the following day because the people of Texas were so nice to me right oh, my ring walk came on and <laughs> my ring walk came on and I couldn't hear the song it yeah. was so it was heavy boos yeah. it was heavy boos I remember but that was yeah like I couldn't hear my song. I'd heard it when I got into the ring, but the actual walk, couldn't hear it. Um, it was completely drowned out. The noise was drowned out by booze. Um, but you know what? That I enjoyed it. I, I love that bit of um, atmosphere against me and stuff like that. My first ever boxing interview, I was 20. I'd had like three or four pro fights at the time. And I was half the man I am today. It was... It's, for me, I haven't watched the full interview back because it's it's really hard to watch how nervous and how shy. It's a different person in there. I think with my success comes media obligations and mm. public speaking and all the things that come with boxing. Over the years, I've just developed to be a, a very confident, hardworking uh, person. Do you, do you find like the more uncomfortable you get, it's quite similar to the boxing, I guess, the more uncomfortable you get, the more comfortable you, comfortable you get with being uncomfortable. And that's, yeah. that's it. Good things don't happen in your comfort zones. Mm -hmm. of, like, that's why you, you, look, you look at my record and you see I've been matched very hard from like, had to go, my first title fight, I had to go on the road and, and go to Swindon, get booed to the ring um, against a guy that I remember from the amateurs who was like a superstar fighter. Um, I had to have it hard from early on because I turned pro, I couldn't sell tickets. I wasn't popular. So I had to take every opportunity that was ever given to me. I don't think there's been one that I've personally turned down. So, um, you know, I've, I've had to. Mm. I've had it hard. It wasn't until 18 months ago, the Chris Congo fight, when my career changed. You talked a lot about, like, 
you've not had anything handed to you. You've had to work really hard for it, right? But nerves, you mentioned them as well. How key yeah. are nerves, channeling nerves, channeling the adrenaline when you get in that ring? But also when you talk about being shy, when are you at your most nervous? You talk about how confident you are as a fighter, confident in your own ability. All right, step away from the boxing. What makes you this confident boxer nervous? What gets you on it? I only ever get nervous when I leave the hotel, go to the venue in the change rooms until I leave the change rooms. That few hours, I'm looking for windows to climb out of and stuff like that. But if, if I didn't, I'd feel strange. I think like the nerve, that gives you the edge, that keeps you alert um, and keeps you on the ball. Uh, I get like, I remember, let me go back 2005, 17 years ago, I was an 11 year old kid having my first boxing match. Bear in mind though, you had to be 11 back then to fight. I don't know what it is now. Um, but I was in the gym from like five years old, being from a boxing family and stuff like that. So it was a long time coming. Um, got to the day, we was in the change rooms, I was warming up and then all of a sudden, for the first ever time in my life, I felt what nerves were like. I, I was shaking, I was saying to my dad, I can't do this, please. Like, like he was like, you're on in a couple of minutes. Like, I, like I'll always remember that the whole fight was a blur and I won. But that was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. And I still get just as nervous. But I think with experience, you you learn how to deal with it how not to be as nervous and and stuff like that and for me fight week you know when people like to be serious I like to be the opposite I like to be light-hearted I like a joke I like to not think about it as much and and stuff like that we were out in LA in March when I fought Alex Martin and uh the day of the fight me and my dad kind of had a disagreement right he wanted us to stay at the hotel get ready for the fight series and I said to my dad like I don't want to sit in a hotel for hours upon end thinking about this fight so we ended up going to um uh like Hollywood and see the stars and all stuff like that just to keep my mind off of it until I had to switch on now got back to the hotel and because we was out in the sun for a few hours I was so tired and I had no time to sleep <laughs> but I just have to take my mind off off it until I have to switch on and I'm, I'm pretty good at doing that now. Have you ever found yourself in trouble in the ring where you've had to really bite down on the gum shield like and what does that feel like like when you really have to fight back and you're in trouble? Like it, in terms I've done it many times in sparring yeah but but you can kind of I remember going into a fight in 2008 19 I fought the Russian guy uh, Pavko now that was the first time in my career I didn't have it my own way in a fight like really down to my preparations it was the worst performance of my career my dad was living in Belfast at the time um I had just come out of a relationship and I went I probably weren't eating so I was down in weight and stuff like that all depressed um I had 35 rounds around 35 rounds sparring for the whole camp. Normally we'd like to hit the, for a 10 round fight, the hundred mark, hundred rounds. I got 30 something. I thought if I just get down in weight, me being my awkward self, he's quite a standard fighter. I'll get the job done just with my skill. 
it came. My dad moved back about two weeks before the fight, uh, just in time to try and get my head like switched on and stuff. Um, but I knew the camp I had before was terrible. Um, I haven't really, I've said like I was underprepared and I'd never go into a fight prepared. It's more mentally, although it obviously conditioned was terrible, but mentally it was a big part of that fight. And um, we got into the fight. I remember hitting me with a jab in the first round and it feeling like a right hand. And I thought, hang on a minute. And as I was walking back to the corner in round two, then I started thinking, this is going to be a long night. Like, and I knew why. I knew why. It was like, it was because I think just the, the build up mentally, I just wasn't there to, 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 to do that. And we midway, midway through the fight, my dad was saying in the corner, we're down, we're losing this fight. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let my hands go. I had nothing in my shots, but I let my hands go and just outwork this guy. And I finished strong didn't hurt him but I finished but it was a horrible and ugly performance mm. now I got the win and to be fair it's quite clear on the cards we didn't see it that way we thought we nicked it by the last two rounds um like I didn't think I'd lost but like it was horrible and I was really gutted with my performance got back to the changing rooms I took it as a loss I was like every you know when people are congratulating you and all stuff like this you know, my dad's the that. first yeah, my dad's the first to tell me, terrible, like terrible. I just won the WBO European title, but he's in the change room telling me it was terrible. Like, and I remember having a shower, crying in the shower as if I'd just lost after the fight. Um, I got on the coach home with my supporters. I sat right in the front of the coach on my own with my hood up, crying the whole way. Mm. And then I, I, uh, didn't want to speak to anyone. They're all celebrating. I didn't want to speak to anyone. I, I thought, at the time, I thought that was a really close fight. And how would people have seen that? Like, I didn't know if it, it was clear. We thought we'd done enough, but I don't know if people were in the room thought it was a robbery. I don't know. And then I remember going home. At the time, I was living by myself. So I was in a flat, like, two, three in the morning, we gets home. And I've got a headache. I feel sick. I'm Googling it, and it's like... Um, concussion so then I, I don't want to sleep I don't want to sleep because they say don't sleep um and I put the fight on because it was on YouTube straight away at the time uh I put the fight on and it was such an awful performance it was ugly like probably my worst performance but there's no denying who won the fight it mm. put my mind at rest that I had won the fight but I just said to myself I will never, ever go into a fight underprepared again, right, ever. Mentally, physically, I would never make that mistake again because I knew how hard it was, and it's only myself to blame. So the next fight I had, I said, I could have had an easier fight because based on my performance. I chose to fight the WBO world-ranked number six, unbeaten guy from Argentina called Luis Veron, right? He came over, and... uh. I didn't need to like take that fight, but I wanted to show everyone I was a lot better than my last performance. So I started my camp. This is when people don't see the mental side of, of boxing, right? Well, of my success anyway, because a lot of people haven't have done what I've done. 
So I got asked to be a sparring partner for the European champion out in Bilbao, Spain. Kerman Leharaga at the time. And I took myself out there on my own, right? Um, I was training and there was a group from U Ukraine with their coach. There was the Spanish guy that we went to spar with his coach and I was there on my own. No one spoke English. I was there for about 10 days, two weeks, sparring these uh, Ukrainians, uh, sparring these guys, all unbelievable fighters on my own. Right, it was so tough being in a country where, because Bill Bowes in Basque County, so it's not like a touristy yeah, thing yeah. where everyone speaks like English. It, yeah. So it's like, um, it was uh, Google Translate for the, the whole time I was there. That was tough. Then I came back for a couple of weeks over here, and then my dad sent me to Philadelphia, America on my own, right? So it's where, like, obviously Rocky's from and stuff like that, the Rocky Steps and the hard gyms. It's, like, really, really famous for boxing. Um, I flew there, and my sponsor paid for me to have an apartment, right? But instead of a hotel, because when I'm training for a fight, I prefer apartments so I can cook my food, etc. Uh, the, the taxi driver from the airport to the, the apartment said, why are you staying in North Philadelphia? Like, this is a very rough part of... Philadelphia, I wouldn't ever come out when the uh, street lights are on. I was there on my own. I was 22, 23 year old lad. Oh, I might have been about 23, 24 at that time. And um, in this place, apparently there was a shoot in a, a couple of days before, all stuff like that. And I was on my own, right? I was going to gyms, like getting taken to gyms when I would, everybody would look round. It was like off a Rocky film when he goes to Apollo's gym, wanting a piece of me. I had it so hard out there in Philadelphia. Um, I had to earn everyone's respect the hard way. Uh, and not many people would have done them two trips in one camp on their own. Right, I, I came back to the UK mentally a different person I ever was. That's a big part of it. Like people, not many boxers do do that, but I think it's definitely worth doing. Take yourself to uncomfortable places hostile environments because it only benefits you so from that fight i beat this guy uh dropped him three times won the fight brilliant performance and that's me showing everybody proving people wrong because the fight before i was a shell of myself look what can happen against a better opponent if i'm on it mentally and physically and from then, from then, I've never made that mistake. There's only been one fight, and that was the fight coming out of the lockdown behind closed doors because I had a lot of weight to look. I won the fight really easy, like really easy, dropped the guy. But the preparations were tough because it was all weight loss. But other than that, I've always, ever since that day, taken things seriously. Yeah. You know, you've got it because it, in this game, people can get seriously hurt if you don't. Yeah, it's that life experience that shapes you and you learn from your mistakes and you improve yourself and better yourself. And yeah, exactly. And, and, and listening to you on all of that. Yeah, and you know what? I'm lucky that with that Russian guy that I beat, Pavko, I'm lucky I won that fight. You know? I, I, like, you know, I'm lucky I won that fight. I, there's no denying who won, but it could have gone pear shaped in there for me. It could have. Um, you know, so. So, yeah, I was lucky that I managed to learn from a win. Yeah. Most people learn from losses. A really important question that we like to ask all of our guests on the show is, you know, what was the making of you? I think we've heard loads of things about 
you know, your boxing career and like what you've gone through in terms of like weaker performances and how that shaped who you are as a person and the experiences that you've taken yourself through in order to get to where you've got to have like, you know, undeniably been really, really hard work. But was there any like singular event or anything in particular, mate, that that kind of like just made you the person that you are now and the, the energy that you have? The Chris Congo win is a, a real important night in my in my whole career. Um, I think if I was wouldn't have beat here, well, I wouldn't have been where I am where I am today. Um, being like I remember fight week, I was because we was in Gibraltar, right? But it was COVID times, so we wasn't allowed to leave the ship unless we were escorted. We weren't allowed to mix with people. And uh, this is my first time on the TV. You've got, you're, I'm in a ship where there's Ricky Hatton, Eddie Hurt, like it was the Sunborn Yacht was the hotel, beautiful. But there's Ricky Hatton, uh, like Eddie Hearn, all these big names, right? Um, and like, I, like most people can crumble under all of that pressure, be a fanboy. All fight week, unless I had to for the weigh-in press conference or stuff like that, I stayed in my room by myself. I I didn't want to. I didn't want to go and see these guys and be a fanboy, get a picture, all stuff. Less. I was there to change my life. I weren't there to meet people. I weren't there to make friends. I wasn't there. It was an unbelievable boat. Everyone looked like they had a really good time, but I was isolated in my room. Right, my decision because I, I was there to change my life. That's the most important thing. I was a guy that needed a break, was good enough. Um, I'd waited a long time for that fight on TV. Um, you know, I, was, I remember sitting on Twitter the night before the fight and the Twitter polls, all these boxing experts, they don't go past six rounds, five rounds. Uh, Congo uh, has got this uh, easy win, all stuff like that. Right. But in my head, I knew what I was capable of. I trained so hard. Um, I trained so hard. And when you've got somebody that's had to do it the hard way, they want it more. They're more hungry, you know. So I went out there, beat him, not just beat him, beat him in good style. Everyone's talking about me. Eddie Hearn signed me off that. You are just undeniably like such a hard worker and it's all massively paid off. And the city is like so far behind you. Like, I don't know a single friend of mine that doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Watch your boxing matches. Um, and some of my friends just aren't even boxing fans. Like, yeah. hardcore boxing fans. So I'll know about you like time ago. But people who just don't even watch boxing, not into the sport at all, they're, they're tuning in and they appreciate it from a skill point of view, even though it's yeah. not necessarily like from a knockout point of view in a battle. Um and yeah, I just think you just you just show off massively what hard work can achieve. Um, yeah. it's, it's an inspiring story as like yeah. just such an underdog. Yeah, but, but you know, with like when you're at this this level, um, and when you rise through the levels, if, if there's any part of you that's mentally weak, it needs to change. There can't be any weakness when it comes to mentally, like. I've been, everyone says I'm going to get knocked out here, I'm, I'm going to get knocked out then, but I choose, locking myself in my room, fight week, I choose to keep keep my mental state under control. Mm. You know, uh, I think mental strength is a huge part of success. 
and I think it's very very important so like if you if you're not that mentally strong find ways to become mentally strong you know um I've tried things in the past and I've seen people and stuff like that but ultimately it it it, it it is down to my hard work and my belief and then every little win that I have you're you're more you believe in yourself more you know when I first turned pro did I ever think that I'd be fighting for a world title final eliminator on a golden boy show in America no way nobody nobody thought that I would win one title look what I've done so honestly thank you so much for coming on here curiosity like I said at the start of it and I've learned so much already from like you about your journey and like the work ethic that you have and the values and just really like appreciate it. I'll take some stuff from that, especially about kind of trying to escape um, kind of like mental weakness and like how yeah. that can help you just to raise your game just by escaping it and not necessarily putting yourself in the place of it. No, no, I mean, I, I always find it fascinating whenever you talk to anyone who's uh, especially sportsman, but anyone who's in the public eye hear about the weaknesses, hear about like with you, mm. I do get nervous sometimes, you know, I'm not the most naturally out or wasn't always the mat- most naturally outgoing, confident person. But I think that shows the strength of character you've had to get to where you are now and how yeah. hard you've had to work. And so we can all take into our own lives in terms of with hard work, with experience, with knockbacks, with everything not always even going your way, you can build yourself into this significantly stronger being and improve yourself. So yeah. Yeah, like kudos to you and like we can learn so much from your journey mm. well thank you like i said I'm, I'm 28 so there's the journey is the journey's not done by the way i didn't mean it not like yet <laughs> not yet cool okay um you know what's next for michael mckinson before we finish so what for me i've just been on holiday i've had time to rest obviously i was injured in the fight um my hip needed time to to, to rest and recover was back in the gym last week helping my brother out for his fight and that helping us I've been sparring again things are good I'm healthy uh again uh so I think we get my brother's fight out of the way on the 30th and then we can plan my next route in the I don't know yet but in the ideal world I would like a a comeback fight of some sort before the new year Mm. and then who knows there's plenty of opportunities back out in America hot division yeah so so yeah, but I'll, before the year's out, ideally. Amazing, cool. Well, thanks very much, anyway, mate, for being a guest. I really no appreciate worries. it, and um, hopefully we'll have you on in the future.